It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. Mask mandates, cancel culture at the Washington Post. Is Elon Musk your savior? It's all coming up. Plus a special interview with one of my colleagues at Salem Media to talk a little bit about the libs of TikTok problem and why it is that the Washington Post has it out for them. It's all coming up on the Adult in the Room podcast. Big celebration time. Here we are. Big celebration. No more mask mandates on public transportation. Here's what it sounded like on a couple of airlines. April 18th, the Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and on foreign aircraft. we're celebrating the end of a rule that was dubious from the beginning, but here we are. So Florida judge ruled this week that the CDC did not have the authority to impose and extend the mask mandate. Now, recently, my husband and I took a trip with friends to Europe, France, most specifically, and I got news for Americans. The Brits at Heathrow, the French at Charles de Gaulle, were not wearing face masks to any great degree inside the airline, inside the uh, airport. So I could see there were no requirements for what kind of face mask you could wear. And we went on a small cruise and there were no masks or vaccine passports needed for that either. Indeed, France and England didn't want to see vaccine passports. It was over. But you'd think we'd gone backwards in this country by the reaction. Wow. I mean, seriously, what weirdos. Listen to a few of the comments I found. NMSNBC's Joy Reid complained that ending mask mandates is letting the a-holes win, as if the masks had anything to do with medical necessity. Uh, This is interesting. She appears to want to keep the masks on as, I don't know what, virtue signaling? Then there was this chick on Twitter who said, the celebrations over the mask mandate ending on planes is embarrassing. Like, extremely embarrassing. People should feel bad about themselves. Okay. This one is from Randy. Airlines are really screwing up with the mask mandate, newsman. There was no need for announcements and definitely not celebrations. It should have been seamless, go-to maskless. Now, it's borderline bullying. Oh, okay. So the celebrations are bullying now. Oh, okay. So when I got yelled at in a store early in the pandemic, I was yelled at and surrounded by people who physically assaulted me for not wearing a mask. I forgot my mask. I just did. I just did. I could have put my t-shirt over my face, but did I know I spaced it. I was so shocked by these people's reactions. All I wanted to do was run in and get something and run out after paying for it, of course. No, it was insane. A political theory professor 
reacted this way. Right-wing Twitter is on day two of jubilant celebration at the end of the airline mask mandate. Two years into the pandemic, it remains jarring to watch people cheer on mass... (laughs) Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't know if I can get through this one. Come on, man up, Victoria. Two years into the pandemic, it remains jarring to watch people cheer on a mass death event, public health catastrophe, all in the name of freedom. The death drive is a hell of a drug. As if that had anything to do. Do you think people were cheering people dying? Do you think that was what was going on in the airplanes? No. They know, and many people do anyway, that the filtering systems in airplanes are better than practically anything unless you're in a casino standing right next to the ceiling van, (laughs) you know, which gets rid of all the cigarette smoke and all that stuff. Now I got to cough. Now, so the Biden administration extended the mask requirement in the face of the rest of the world sends Shanghai opening up. Now, I said before The size of the virus is smaller than the openings of the typical mask. Only the most tightly woven N95 keeps it out. But but who's wearing those and for what reason, for how long? And when do you need to wear them? If you're wedded to masks, by all means, you should wear one. And it sounds as if the late night hosts were wedded to them. This is what it sounded like on all the different programs After the Florida judge said, no, nationwide declaration, CDC doesn't have the right to do this, boom, they're gone. Fox News produced a montage of all the late night hosts who are typically not that funny. There was one funny joke I thought was was in there. Other than that, it's amazing that a woman with an entire tablecloth around her neck gets to tell us whether to wear masks. Like dressed like a Nissan in a Christmas commercial. You do not want a judge with zero cases under her belt. A council will approach the bench and explain to me what this tiny wooden hammer is for. Am I supposed to tenderize the jury? People acting like they were suffocating in their seats. Oh, yes! Yes, I'll have a Coke, please. To put it another way, airlines are basically turning off the seatbelt sign for COVID and telling it to move freely about the cabin. <laughs> yeah, if you thought Omicron was bad, wait till you meet this spirit variant. Fallon's was kind of funny. I'd give you Jimmy Kimmel's rendition and Trevor Noah's, but they weren't funny. So I thought, well, I'm not going to play them for you. (laughs) You know, I wonder if the White House really thinks that more mask mandates are in their own personal and political best interests. I mean, we already know that the mandates weren't necessarily in the public's best interest. And here's basically the wrap up of how the White House and the Biden administration is talking about next steps. Listen to this. It comes from Woke Zombie on Twitter, and he had the best rendition. Uh, Jen Psaki, it's up to the DOJ whether we appeal. Javier Becerra, the DOJ is likely to appeal. President Biden, it's up to the individual whether to wear a mask. The DOJ says it's up to the CDC whether we appeal. And the CDC goes, I don't know. Meanwhile, at Klaus Schwab's Davos, the World Economic Forum chief is openly touted in his book entitled The Great Reset. It's exactly what it's called. So this isn't a conspiracy conspiracy theory, she tried to say. It really is called The Great Reset. Anyway, 
So he says that this will lead to a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identity, which means in his book, he clarifies that implantable microchips that can read your thoughts and do any number of other things. I mean, I frankly, why would that be a problem? Cue the BBC under the skin devices to automatically inject vaccines, buy stuff, and keep all your records inside a chip injected into your hand in the fatty area between your thumb and forefinger. Uh, Summit News points out that the BBC report sounds so much like a commercial, I just thought I'd play the commercial for you so you know what's coming. Hey, in this video, I'm going to show you how Walletmore Implant works in real life. After ordering a drink, food, or any other product, all you need to do is tap on your hand to the payment terminal. Forget about the cash, card, or even a smartphone. All you need is your hand. Walletmore implants are biosafe, secure, ultimately convenient, and they are globally acceptable. <laughs> Walletmore is the wallet of tomorrow. Get into the new era of payments and get your implant now. Yes, get your implant now. It's called the Wallet More. It's a wallet and more. Chip implants contain the same kind of technology that people use on a daily basis, says the Wallet More guy, from key fobs to unlocked doors, public transit cards. That's that's just freaking creepy. Um The cards like the London Oyster card or bank cards with contactless payment function. RFID chips are used in pets to identify them when they're lost. So this this chip will help people find you when you're lost. No, he didn't say that. But I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to uh, conclude? Interesting. So what if this uh, chip is packed full of personal information? Isn't that a potential minefield for loss of privacy, manipulation, control, and oppression of populations by exploitative governments or corporations, writes Summit News reporter? Nah, come on now, guys. Don't worry about that. (laughs) What a mess. I mean, this is so bad. So Klaus Schwab wants it. The BBC admires it and touts it. 51% of Brits have no problem putting their personal information into a chip inside their hand or somewhere on their body. It uh, wouldn't be used for surveillance, would it? Or a social credit score system? What if I'm fat? Totally theoretical. And want to buy a Whataburger and some fries. Nah, come on, Victoria, you crazy gal. That'll never happen. They've shown no proclivity at surveillance, totalitarianism, denying people services such as medical care, crypto exchange, banking services, Airbnb, rentals, transplant surgery, the ability to see your parents and and other things. Have they? Oh, wait, yes, they have. They've done all of that. Do you trust the same people who lied about the origins of the virus, the efficacy of their so-called vaccines, and the mask mandates? I mean, we still don't know how the whole uh, virus escaped from a lab. Did it escape from a lab? We think it did. There's no other explanation, really. There's no explanation in nature that we've been able to find. But in California, they're really willing and ready to double down on uh, so-called, quote-unquote, misinformation about this virus from the medical profession, all kinds of medical professionals. This is very, very interesting. I know, because I said so. In fact, this 
legislation that is wending its way through the California state legislature in committees is uh, downright ridiculous. It's frightening, but ridiculous. And you cannot believe that sentient beings who have lived in this country for any length of time, who perhaps have at one point in time read the the first 10 amendments of the U.S. Constitution or read any other underpinnings for which we get our uh, freedoms and uh, which it, we are accorded God-given rights that are not given by a piece of paper and man, but by God, regardless of how you perceive God. It's still not them giving you the rights. Got it? But Democrats are moving a bill through the state legislature that punishes doctors and other medical professionals who, quote, make statements contradicted by contemporary scientific consensus. We are now officially well, once again, saying that there is scientific consensus on certain things. So, for example, um, uh, like they've done with climate. And there are still many different theories with respect to not only what's happening in our climate, but how it happens and why. Uh, so this is what's going on with uh, the virus. Interesting. So some Democrat legislators want to discipline the medical professionals for questioning the status quo on COVID. And it turns out now, as we've found out over the last couple of months, we found out that a lot of those doctors and medical professionals that they want to punish actually were right. Pretty amazing. Quoting from the bill, this bill would designate the dissemination or promotion of misinformation or disinformation related to SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus or COVID-19 as unprofessional conduct. And who decides what is mis- and disinformation? The consensus. Who runs the consensus? The government. This is, this is a bill for crazy-making. Here's a Democrat civil rights attorney who testified at the committee hearing and said, Hey, 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 guys. Californians for Good Governance is a nonpartisan group, but speaking personally as a lifelong Democrat and a civil rights attorney, I am dismayed that Democrats are bringing forward bills that undermine civil liberties. Uh, I appreciate that the committee recognized the First Amendment problem presented by this bill, but tweaking the language cannot remedy the problem because it's baked into the DNA of the bill. The purpose is to restrict speech based on its content. And our Constitution simply doesn't allow that broad infringement on speech, even if the speech is false and even if the intent of the law is compelling. The analysis states that the constitutionality would depend on how it is enforced, but the mere potential that it could be applied in a way that chills speech, renders it unconstitutional on its face before it's even enforced. This bill can't be salvaged because once you strip away every unconstitutional element, what you would be left with would duplicate existing law. So what would the bill actually accomplish? It would discourage conscientious doctors from expressing themselves freely about a topic that is fraught with uncertainty due to its novelty. Quoting the U.S. Supreme Court, regulating 
the content of professionals' speech poses the inherent risk that the government seeks not to advance a legitimate regulatory goal, but to suppress unpopular ideas or information. Doctors help patients make deeply personal decisions, and their candor is crucial. The remedy for speech that is false is speech that is true. This is the ordinary course in a free society. So with those principles in mind, I urge you to vote no. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, she might be the last sane Democrat in California. (laughs) Remember? Remember when Democrats stood for civil rights? Free speech? Victoria? Victoria? That was so long ago, Victoria. This thing on, Victoria? Those days are over, Victoria. Hey, in San Francisco, a free speech rally came to an abrupt end. Tonight on ABC7, we hear from the organizer, now recovering from a punch that knocked out his teeth. Good evening and thanks so much for joining us. I'm Dion Lim. Some well-known conservative personalities were on the agenda to speak at that rally today, but organizers canceled the event minutes after it started. Police say several people participating in the rally were injured, as well as three officers when they were sprayed with pepper spray. A warning now, some may find the following video disturbing. A witness captured the scene as a protester punched rally organizer Philip Anderson before his speech. ABC7 News reporter Cornell Bernard has a look at how things quickly escalated. No Nazis, no KKK, no fascist USA. A large crowd of demonstrators gathered at UN Plaza to oppose a small group holding what was billed as a free speech rally, protesting what they say is Twitter's censorship of some of its content. They have no business being here. The rally was granted a permit from the city. So that's how free speech works now. We don't like what you have to say. We're going to call you, um, oh yeah, Nazis and fascists. So, and nobody likes Nazis and fascists. So obviously we have to shut you up. How infantile, just how infantile. But it's pretty serious because, because um, now what we've seen over the last few days is you know, the right saying, hey, Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter and set it on its right path, the free speech path. Remember when Twitter used to be fun and you could say almost anything on Twitter and just chat with people of different persuasions and instead of worrying about their speech police? Well, those days are over, but uh, they're hoping that Elon Musk will fix it for them. And the thing is, Elon Musk is not going to be able to fix it for him to the extent that they want that. But I do welcome any efforts to liberalize Twitter. I do. Because there's just a bunch of, what's the word? Oh, oh yeah, tyrants running that thing. Speaking of which, recently the Washington Post sicked its uh, tech reporter on any number of people who whom she doesn't like, who say things that she doesn't like, and who the left has decided that this is a intolerant speech. Uh, this is um, protected free speech. And so the Washington Post sent one of its flying monkeys, that would be this reporter, 
Taylor Lorenz, to go after this very effective website called the Libs of TikTok. And the Libs of TikTok, as you'll hear in my interview with Sistatolja, is a Twitter account that merely mirrors, puts up, amplifies things that liberals themselves say. Now, she calls it liberals of TikTok or, you know, libs of TikTok. There aren't many liberals out there anymore. I mean, that attorney might be just one of them. That's it. She might be the only one left in California. Or the other ones are too afraid to say anything. And if and if that's the case, then you know what? You're not worth a can of warm spit then, are you? So uh, they're not liberals. They're leftists that are running things. But these are people who are, I mean, well, here's an example. Libs of uh, TikTok post papers, uh, documents. They post proposals. They post board meeting minutes that are public domain. And they also post the videos of people who think that they're right and everyone else is wrong. Here is Madison Cawthorn's definition of a woman. X chromosomes, no tallywhacker. And this gives me a chance to talk about biological essentialism. <laughs> um, first wow. of all, it's not true. People have all kinds of chromosomes and all kinds of bodies. Women who've had hysterectomies, people born with certain conditions. But that's almost immaterial. Well, it's actually not immaterial. They don't change their chromosomes. <laughs> but, how, hey, can I get the, the uh, speech police on this guy? It's misinformation. The California state legislature would like to have a little discussion. Now, here's another one. It's uh, one of the 19 I put in a story about the libs of TikTok at PJ Media. Here's a University of New Hampshire professor who states that it's ineffective to assume a sexual relationship between a young person and an adult is predatory and criminal. Sure, buddy. Um, also, if young people are initiating sexual activities with adults or enthusiastically involved, we can't be effective in working with them if we assume that all such relationships start with a predatory or criminally inclined, inclined adult. As if children can consent legally. I mean, that's just disgusting, frankly. But that's what Libs of TikTok does. It shows documents, it shows people who have put these videos out there and have said things that they think are positively, absolutely right. And no one could possibly disagree with them. And they're wrong. Stacey Matthews has also been covering this story over at Red State, my colleague over there. And I want you to take a listen to what she has to say about the libs of TikTok and what has happened to the creator of libs of TikTok. And I also note that the person, the reporter with the Washington Post, who outed the identity of the woman and linked to her address, that's called doxing, was just a couple of weeks ago literally crying on MSNBC over being 
threatened or highly criticized for stuff she said. And she's a person in the public domain. But no, she's also said that she doesn't believe anyone should go after anyone's families. In fact, let me just play this little this little snippet of her sobbing over this very issue. And what does she do? She chases down this woman who was unidentified, identifies her, lists where she lives via that link, and uh, makes her life a living hell. Listen to her. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating. And terrifying. It's horrifying. I'm so sorry. Jeez. It's overwhelming. It's really hard. <laughs> what a liar, pants on fire that chick is. She ought to be ashamed of herself. And here's what does she do? She does it to other people all the time. So here's my conversation with Stacey Matthews, sister told you about the libs of TikTok story. Listen up. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. My goodness, Stacey Matthews, otherwise known by all media on uh, as Sister Told Ya. So great to speak with you. I think the last time I talked with you, I think we might have been on my radio show in Portland. So it's been a, it's been a cup of coffee since that it's, happened. It's been a long time, uh, Victoria. I appreciate you having me on. I don't do a lot of these, not because I'm not asked often, but, but because I have such a crazy schedule with things I have to do offline as well, uh, family obligations and whatnot, but I'm, I'm glad we could do this today. Thank you. I've just read your recent story about the libs of TikTok situation, and that is uh, at the, the hands of the diabolical Washington Post. Uh, so welcome, and thanks so much for coming on. Now, what do you make of this libs of TikTok targeting by the Washington Post? Ironic, uh, ridiculous, of course. But what are you thinking? But not it's not surprising. Uh, you know, and I had I follow Libs of TikTok and I had wondered when this was gonna happen. I mean, you're probably aware that Libs of TikTok have had already been targeted by the Twitter powers that be. Yes. Uh, some of who are former Democrat operatives, um, uh, including, I believe, someone who used to be a speechwriter or something for Kamala Harris. Um, but yeah, um, I, um, I, 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 this is not surprising at all. It's, it's immensely frustrating that we, we still are having to deal with this. I mean, basically what Libs of TikTok was targeted for was because they were, were an effective messenger of allowing uh, the left to speak for themselves, basically. All, all they did or all they do is post video clips of wacko liberals from TikTok. Some of them are educators at, at public schools uh, talking about their indoct- talking openly about their indoctrination tactics and all that uh, the Twitter account did was repost them. So she's using their own words um, and yet somehow she's, she's the enemy. <laughs> 
It's, it's 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 crazy. You know, I used to get a lot of gas from listeners when I would have liberals on. Most recently, I had a guy with Antifa, from Antifa on the podcast, and I'd get a lot of flack from people for giving him an uh, an opportunity to speak out to a little platform there. And I, I understand that to some extent, but my theory has always been: talk to them and allow them to hang themselves with their own words. And that's precisely what Libs of TikTok did by high highlighting and amplifying these messages from people who were, I mean, by all rights, I mean, they're, they're kind of kooky. I mean, they just really are. And Right. I mean, it, and, and, and they think that their ideas, what's really bizarre is that they think their ideas are so mainstream yes. that broadcasting them on TikTok, you know, is, is just, it's like me or you um, broadcasting, um, you know, what our cat had for had for lunch or, you know, or something like that. It's so normal to them to to believe what they believe. They think everybody else should believe the same way. Um, and that that's part of what's disturbing about what um, Libs of TikTok uh, finds in these uh, uh, TikTok videos. Um, I think what frustrated people even more yesterday after finding out that what the Washington Post was going to run with the story was the fact that the person who sought out the information about Libs of TikTok was uh, a reporter by the name of Taylor Lorenz, a technology reporter whose job it is to stoke online harassment of Twitter users for being politically incorrect. Some of them who use anonymous names online to uh, try to avoid the retribution that often comes from being politically incorrect. Uh, and she she herself, uh, just a few weeks ago, as you probably know, um, painted herself as the victim of online harassment and stated unequivocally that um, seeking out family members uh, for comment um, and, and dragging them into it was, was, was wrong. And yet that's exactly what she did in this case. She visited the family members of Libs of TikTok uh, to try to get more information uh, on the person behind the account. So the person, uh, that's part of the frustration level that conservatives have with, with what happened yesterday is because not only is what she did wrong, but this is a person who just, when the, the shoe is on the other foot, says you shouldn't do it to her. Right. Now, as I understand it, she isn't even the one who came up with the real identity of the libs of TikTok operator. It was the German government. Are you aware of that? I, I, I read the Washington Post story the other day, and I have to say I must have scanned it way too quickly because I didn't see that. Well, now, the Washington Post only told part of the story, of course, because it's the Washington Post. Uh, but Tucker Carlson, uh, that's how I found out about the German connection to yeah. this story. The German government connection is Tucker Carlson. He's had previous run-ins with Taylor Lorenz. He had one about a year ago with her, and he got jumped on by um, some uh, Twitter Karens and, um, and journalists <laughs> and whatnot because uh, he basically called her out for trying to have it both ways with what she does. And his segment last night, he talked about a gentleman named Travis Brown, who uh, he noted was mentioned in the Washington Post story. And he works with a place uh, with a place called the Prototype Fund. And according to what Tucker Carlson and his researchers found, is that the Prototype Fund is funded by the, gov the German government's Federal Ministry of Education. 
So you basically have a foreign government funding this quote-unquote research group um, that targets people like libs of TikTok um, and, and, and causes their speech to be suppressed in, in so many ways. Uh, and, and, and that raised, and Tucker Carlson raised the question last night, why isn't Taylor Lorenz registering as a foreign agent? <laughs> considering she's, she's taking information, she's willingly taking information that was gleaned from a person who is funded by the German government. This person is also a former employee of Twitter as well, so knows the algorithm and knows the ins and outs of the the organization. And maybe even, I mean, it, it makes you wonder, works on, at the behest of the organization under the umbrella of the German education system. It's pretty it's pretty well, weird. Well, it's possible. I mean, all these people have incestuous uh, professional relationships with each other. Big tech, um, right? The mainstream media, uh, left-wing activist groups, uh, and, and so on. These people all have incestuous relationships. Media Matters fed uh, fed uh, the Washington Post information as well. Media Matters, if I'm not mistaken, did three or four hit pieces on libs of TikTok over the last month. Uh, And now all of a sudden the Washington Post jumps on board. And who does the Washington Post quote in their piece about libs of TikTok as an authoritative source? Media matters. That's pretty hilarious considering the the, uh, DNA of media matters, which is basically, isn't that David Brock's group from Hillary's old campaign? And I mean, and, and, and on and on it goes from there. And I should also note that Media Matters is a source that Brian Stelter at CNN frequently quotes, retweets, and also uses as an authoritative source. Uh, sometimes has him uh, has people on from Media Matters as guests on his show, Reliable Sources. <laughs> Reliable Sources in Media Matters. It's, 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 it's like the Keystone Cops, for sure, of the media world, for sure. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's basically they're picking the targets for the Washington Post. Okay, here, now go after libs of TikTok, and here's what we want you to do with them, because they're just, they're, they're over the target too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, and, and it's in, in my opinion, some of this, it, it, it's, it reminds me a little bit of the old journalist days. You yes. probably remember those where there was coordination with liberal columnists and, and some uh, mainstream media reporters. They, they were using uh, online back channels and um, private groups to kind of um, coordinate messaging strategies for how to frame stories about Republicans and Democrats and that Republican stories would always be negative. Um, but in, in, in that, and that's still going on today, um, not just with the Taylor Lorenz libs of TikTok Washington Post story, but you kind of notice that it happens with a lot of stories. Like you'll see one news outlet, like NBC News, will, will state something about Ron DeSantis that nobody, no one else is saying. They'll characterize something he's done in a certain way. And the next thing you know, CNN is using the same terminology. Yes. The New York Times is using the same terminology. It's like... Whether it's coordinated or not now, it still happens. Like yesterday, yesterday was a perfect example. When all this, this story was breaking about lives of TikTok, uh, the narrative from the supposed reporters that were defending uh, what Taylor Lorenz wrote was that this was classic shoe leather reporting. Seriously. Oh, there were like three or four. I've seen uh, three or four tweets. I don't have the names in front of me. But there were three or four tweets from people that call themselves professional journalists 
who said this is classic shoe leather reporting. This that's all this is. It's nothing more than that. It's not true. That's no. what they said. I mean they they get stuff in their inbox as received wisdom and they rewrite it. Right. That, that's what basically happens here. So what happened to Taylor Lorenz that she was sobbing for being uh, harassed or something. What happened? Was that that wasn't the result of uh, Tucker Carlson mentioning her name on the air? She has a byline in the Washington Post, owned by the richest man right. in the world. I'm not entirely sure how <laughs> she expects she's going to stay anonymous. But what what happened to her? Well, she's not anonymous, and that's the funny thing. Uh, last year, a, a, like I said, a year or so ago, Tucker Carlson had a run in with her because he called her out for wanting to have it both ways. And her response and the response of her defenders, like people at Media Matters, people at the Daily Beast, um, people at Box.com, was to say, oh, Tucker Carlson made sure to use her her name multiple times during the segment. What was he supposed to say? This woman at the New York Times? (laughs) That was where she worked at the time. Her name is Taylor Lorenz. She uses it online. She uses it on her Twitter page. She used it at the, at the New York Times. So they were just making up making up things that, oh, she, he's using her real name multiple times for a reason. Well, yeah, it's because it's her real name. Uh, so, But, but her, her shtick, when she appears in interviews, and uh, I, she's appeared in a few interviews uh, this year to talk about the online harassment that women receive. Oh, but brother. hers, according to her, it's a special type of, of harassment specific to her because she's an extra special victim she's extra special online harassment even though this online harassment is what she does my colleague jim thompson who is a cartoonist at red state he wrote a great piece today going back even further than i've gone with with the people that she's targeted in the past for being politically incorrect i mean these are these are like these aren't public figures that she goes after she goes after random Twitter users or random Instagram people or random TikTok users or, or what have you, people that are private citizens. She's a hitman. She man. goes after them. She, right. She she's yeah. She does she does the bidding I mean she does the bidding of the New York Times and the Washington Post and and, and their allies who want to uh, shut down conservatives whether whether they have large accounts or small accounts. If they're effective at getting the message out, mm. then they then they need to be targeted for, for punishment and canceling. Wow, that is diabolical. And yet she's the victim. <laughs> I mean, you know, I want I do want to say this. I mean, nobody should face death threats or harassment. Uh, you know, uh, um, threats of sexual assault or anything like that. Nobody, no matter what, where you sit on the on the fence on what side of the aisle you. That shouldn't happen. And according to her, that's happened to her. It's probably happened to you. It's happened to me. You're oh, receiving yeah. Your, your share of threats away. It's, it's part of the nature of the beast. The problem is, is that she thinks it's okay to publish information, private information about private citizens. And whatever happens from that, that's on the private citizen for their allegedly bad behavior. But when she, when, when she's on the receiving end of the same harassment, then it's wrong. And it's wrong, in her opinion, because she was just, quote, doing her job. This is cancel culture, and it's somebody's hand-picked dragon set, for, set forth to go get victims. It's amazing. It is amazing. Well, I, don't, I honestly don't know what's worse, Victoria. Her or the avalanche of idiots on, in the media who, who should know better, but who, who white knight for her. 
this is wrong. This is not shoe leather journalism. This is the targeting of a private citizen who was an effective messenger. I mean, because all she did was use the left's own words against them. That's all mm. she did. That's mm. all she does. Fortunately, she's going to come out of the smelling like a rose because according to uh, uh, the CEO of the Babylon Bee, they worked out a deal with her um, to where she can make basically make a career out of what she's doing so she can't get canceled anymore, which is great. Uh, but that still shouldn't let the Washington Post and its defenders off the hook for what they did to try to get her account, try to get her to shut up, basically, is what they were trying to do. I mean, the people so. who supposedly are the bastion of free speech in America do the very first thing to censor the the people of, who want to exercise free speech in America. It's just astonishing. Because democracy dies in darkness, Victoria. Let's yes, not forget that. It certainly does. Over at the Washington <laughs> Post, it certainly does. Stacy, thanks so much. I appreciate everything that uh, you've told us today. And uh, we'll be reading you on the pages of not only Red State, but Legal Insurrection. You're over there too, right? I'm at uh, right at legalinsurrection.com. Uh, and I also have a column that I uh, write once a week for North State Journal. It's North Carolina's only statewide newspaper. Very cool. Sister told you. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria. So free speech is in the crosshairs of the left. And we've got to fight for it. And we can't depend on other people necessarily to fight our own battles, Elon Musk, even though we appreciate it. And it's nice to have a billionaire in your in your camp every once in a while. What a switch. But we've got to be vigilant. And we have to be able to fight for our right to say what's on our mind, especially within the bounds of the law. But they're not even doing that on Twitter and social media. It's insane. Hope you enjoyed this latest edition of the Adults in the Room podcast. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple podcast app every time you listen. And give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs. And it makes us easier to find. Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor, Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to 1A Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time, mischief managed.